Jeffrey. Things happen for a reason. Jessica told me that. I didn't hate Peter. Even if I wasn't smiling on the outside, he had me laughing on the inside a lot. He just liked to have fun, and the good fun went real bad on him that day in the snow. That's all. It wasn't all his fault. James told us that. James had more courage, more good heart in him than any of us smart kids. I don't know if James's words alone would have been enough, but then cool man Luke came to the rescue. Not just Peter's rescue, but all of our rescues. We needed to talk. Thanks to James and Luke, we started to. Things happen for a reason. I can't find all the reasons. Did everything we did with the collaborative classroom lead toward this moment? Is this why it all happened? Why did it have to be Peter? And why did it have to be our teacher in a coma? Was it so that I can learn that life isn't fair sometimes? Because I learned that a long time ago with Michael. Anna. Things are working out, sort of. There's been good news for our James. Lexi's back to being nice, and Peter's part of our class again. But it's hard to stay positive when Mr. Terrip is about to have brain surgery. I get scared when I think about it for too long, and I think about it all the time. And that and my mom. Danielle's words crushed me. I didn't get mad at her, though. In a way, I felt sorry for her. I know she wants to be my friend, but her family doesn't want that to happen. That's got to be hard. This time I talked to Mom about it as soon as I got home that day. Mom, Danielle and her family disapproves of you, said her family disapproves of you, and that you and Charlie will never be allowed to get married. Whoa, slow down, Anna, Mom said. First of all, Char Charlie and I aren't looking to get married. Second of all, I know their family disapproves of me. My jaw fell open. Sit down, honey. I sat at the kitchen table across from Mom. She had been looking over the mail and drinking a cup of coffee, cream and sugar, when I burst in on her. Mom explained, Charlie and I went to school together when I ended up pregnant with you. He didn't treat me that kindly, just like everyone else. In fact, one day he got me so upset, I kicked his truck. I put the dent in his door. I could see my mom reliving those painful memories as she spoke. He's actually apologized to me for how he behaved back then. But why would Charlie say he's sorry if his family disapproves of you? Danielle's parents and grandparents are pretty old-fashioned and religious, just like my parents, who couldn't find a way to be accepting of me and my situation all those years ago. They still can't. For a second, I wondered about my mo mother's mom and dad. I've never met them. Were they really that unforgiving? Were Danielle's? I think Charlie just went along with everyone else when we were teenagers, but now he's ready to think for himself. It's always good to make up your own mind, Mom said. So I have Mr. Terrip to think. If it weren't for his accident, Danielle might never have come over just like she said. Thanks, Mr. Terrip, but you didn't need to go and get hurt this bad so I could be friends with Danielle. Don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful, but I really like you back now. You're going to get better. Be positive. You taught me that. Maybe Danielle and Charlie will be able to change their family's opinions of us, I said. I'm going to be positive. Mr. Terrip would want that. Danielle. I know what it's like to have people gang up on you. Being big, I learned real quick. It stinks. I never thought I'd do that to someone else, but I did. I didn't even realize it. Peter must have felt that no one in the whole wide world liked him. I see it now but I don't see it when it's happening, when it mattered most, not until James and Luke made me open my eyes. Selfishness caused me to be blind. I only thought about how bad I felt. 
I'm not saying I would have done anything different had I seen it earlier. I'm just glad it changed for all of us. Luke told us that Mr. Terrip's going to have brain surgery. All the girls started crying when he told us that, and the boys didn't make fun of us for it. Not like every other time. Luke kept talking. He told us about Mr. Terrip's wrestling and concussions and it not being Peter's fault. It was an accident, a real honest accident, with lots of us to blame. Luke said that Peter threw the snowball because of him, but he wasn't the only one who got Peter mad that day. Others of us started confessing. I prayed for God to cleanse it all. I hugged everybody at James's party. I was sorry for so much, but really sorry for Peter, even though we told him it wasn't his fault. I think he felt it was. I felt bad for Anna, too. I hope she wasn't mad at me after what I had told her. I wanted us still to be friends, and I also wondered what Charlie's intentions were towards his mother, so I asked him. I found Charlie in the barn early one morning before school. He was sitting next to one of the cows and pulling her teeth to get ready for milking. Morning, sunshine. What brings you out here? Uh, I want to know why you went to see Terry Adams. To share a good cup of coffee with a fine woman and to ask for her forgiveness for the way I treated her when we were in school. Charlie slipped the machine onto the cow's udders and got her milking. Good girl, he said, patting the cow. Then he walked over to the next one, squatted down, and started the process over. Do you think Anna and her mom are bad influences on me, I asked. Nope, but I don't think you should try to change Grandma or Mom's opinions on that score. Are you going to see Terry again? Well, I'd like to, Charlie said. He stood and moved on to the next cow. Charlie had four machines so he could mark milk four cows at the same time. He did the milking every morning and night. Then are you going to try and change their opinions? Nope. I see no reason to start a family war. You shouldn't either. Well, that's easy for you to say, because you can just drive yourself over there whenever you want. Sooner or later, my teacher won't be in the hospital any longer. He'll either be back or in the ground, and I won't have any reason to go over to Anna's house. I want to be friends with her and her mother. I like them. Charlie stopped what he was doing and looked at me. Let's cross that bridge when it comes to, he said, and let's continue to pray for that teacher of yours. Do you think he'll make it through surgery? I don't know. I wish I could tell you, but I know only know animals. He walked over to me, wrapped his arm around me, giving me a little squeeze. It's time for you to catch the bus. Go on. Have a good day at school. He made a smile. I hoped I, did, it didn't, I, hoped I didn't smell too much like the barn. Jeffrey. If anyone knows silence, it's me. The silence in our classroom wasn't the worst. There was always someone you could turn to and whisper. It contained tons of sadness and guilt, but it was, wasn't absolute. Even Peter's silence was over. He was lucky. My silence at home pressed on with nobody for me to turn to and with nobody in sight to rescue me. That silence was absolute. The only company in my house was more sadness and more guilt. But somewhere along the way this year, Terrip taught me to see things different, to think about things different, to think about more than just me. It was always my silence, my fault. But now I started to think about mom's silence and dad's silence and mom's fault and dad's fault. They were hurting too. Why did I have to wait for them to talk to me? I didn't. A few days after James's party, I crept into Mom's bedroom where she lay in bed with her pajamas. I cl climbed in next to her and I put my arm around her. Then I told her, it's not your fault. I love you. She didn't do anything, but I lay there and fell asleep, 
holding my mom. When I woke up, I felt good. I hoped my words had helped her. I thought of Mr. Terp as I walked out of the bedroom. He had helped me reach out. I missed him. I wished I had a chance to tell him how I felt, too. I wanted him back so bad. I found Dad sitting in a chair in the family room, better called the Be Alone Room, in our house. He was home, so I must have slept for a while. I wondered if he had seen me with Mom. Immediately, I knew it was going to be much harder for me to say those same words to him. We never talked to each other like that, not even before Michael died. Hi, Dad. I sat on the sofa near his chair. I saw you in there with your mother. She needs you, Jeffrey. You might be the only one to, who can help her. Dad, it's not your fault, I blurted out. He didn't say anything. I knew my words surprised him, that they hit hard. I got up and went over and hugged him. I love you, I said. I let go after a few seconds and headed out of the room. It's not your fault either, Dad said, before I was gone. I heard his voice breaking up as he said it. I felt that good feeling again, and I thought of Terrup. I thought about how my dad, what my dad said about my mom needing me. I didn't know what else to do. So every day after school, I started going home and resting next to her in bed. It felt like the right thing to do. I tried. Terp taught me that too.